you're an early stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program, Basecamp at outlierventures.io slash Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world, raise $130 million in growth funding, and can help you fast-track product market fit and, where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Whale Shark. That's obviously a pseudonym. Um, No parent would name their child that. Um, uh, He is the founder of the Whale community, and um, I, I kind of stumbled across him and the Whale Community Project relatively recently. So I'm unusually underprepared for this podcast. Um, and that's kind of compounded by the fact that it's quite difficult to find out much about Whale Shark. But nevertheless, we're going to see where we get to. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Jamie. A huge fan of the podcast. have been following uh, actually your podcast for quite a bit. Uh, oh, wow. So thank you very cool. much for having me on today. I did. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's really good to hear. Um, so uh, let me try to describe you and the the project. And of course, you know, feel free to correct or build. So Whale Shark is, as I said, a pseudonym that's twelve months old, um, part meme, part person, perhaps increasingly part person, part social entrepreneur. Um, you actually describe yourself as part whale, part shark, and a love to understand that a little bit more. But um, importantly, as a social entrepreneur and investor with a focus on disrupting the status quo whilst elevating the brave and dedicated communities behind innovation, um, collector of all things beautiful and scarce, use case maximalist. Is there anything that you would add to that descriptor? Thank you so much, Jamie. You you got it spot on. Um, So basically, um, I am a social entrepreneur. Uh, I very much enjoy uh, investing and helping projects, uh, in this case, particularly in the NFT space, you know, really positively uh, grow their projects to, uh, some, uh, to, to success. Um, go, going back to your question just now on, on why part whale, part shark, um, you know, again, I believe that every single person has a dichotomy. Um, you know, you have good, you have bad, you have good, you have evil. Uh, and then you have the whale and you have the shark. Um, in terms of my understanding of, of, of the whale and the shark, um, I think we all know that whales um, by nature are very, are very uh, peaceful, uh, very large uh, beings that walk softly but carry a big stick. And then after that, you have the shark that knows what's a good deal and, know, and smells blood and knows when to hunt a good deal. So I, I believe that all investors are a dichotomy of the whale and of the shark. Uh, and I actually picked the pseudonym when I entered the NFT space um, in order to represent that dichotomy. Interesting. So there's several reasons why I've got you on the show and why, it, as I said, it's quite rushed. So I'm not new to crypto, been in it for several years, um, but I've only just begun revisiting NFTs really in the last six weeks or so um, since I actually took a vacation. And so my way of switching off was to understand a part of the crypto ecosystem that I, 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 I didn't know before, which says a lot about me. Um, but so on the one hand, it, it seems like what you're doing personally and, and the movement that's kind of growing around you is both at the very edge of crypto but and, and NFTs, 
but increasingly at its center. And to be honest with you, I haven't fully figured out what you're up to. Um, I, I tried my best to do some desk research today. Um, so I'm, I'm more than definitely going to get some stuff wrong. But uh, you seem like a very generous person. So I'm sure you'll give me some latitude there. Absolutely. So, Jamie, I mean, uh, I've been in the crypto space for a very long time as well, uh, since 2012, actually. Oh. Um, so 2012 was actually when I purchased my very first Bitcoin, uh, fell in love with the entire concept behind uh, decentralized money and the financial aspects of what cryptocurrency could bring uh, to the to the world. So, you know, just talking a little bit about my background so I can explain to you where I am today and, and what we're doing. Um, was in Bitcoin from 2012 all the way to 2015, totally and utterly fell in love with uh, Ethereum uh, towards 2015 uh, when I saw that, you know, cryptocurrencies could not only be a method of value transfer, but could also do so much more with uh, smart contract technology. Sold off all my Bitcoin in 2015, bought straight into Ethereum, and uh, and entered and bought actually my first NFT uh, 13 months ago. 13 months ago to the date. When I entered the space, uh, you know, I, I had heard about CryptoKitties, I had heard about CryptoPunks, but you know, nothing had really clicked with me at that point in time because I was looking to draw a successful parallel between what's happening in a traditional world uh, and what it could be improved upon uh, with blockchain technology. So the very first project that I fell in love with was uh, Gods Unchained, which is actually a tradable cards game. And I could immediately draw a parallel with that to collectible cards in terms of Magic the Gathering, where you now have cards that are selling for $100,000, what I'm doing today in terms of whale, uh, I could not imagine that my collecting behavior uh, back then in terms of collecting these gaming cards and then eventually transitioning to digital art, uh, digital land, and other digital collectibles would end up with whale. So while I would love to say that I had planned this all along, it was really just you know after amassing this huge collection of NFTs, uh, really going back and connecting the dots and saying, hey, is it possible for me to share this collection with others? So where we are today is basically, Whale is the largest social currency uh, in the blockchain space today. Its value is being underpinned by all of the NFTs that I was collecting from last year, all the way, actually all the way till today. So I do continue to collect NFTs using my personal funds and donating it direct to the project. Um, in addition to that, uh, it also it, we've also managed to grow one of the most robust NFT communities. Uh, so we have about 2,000 members in Discord. Um, and, you know, once again, in addition to the whale token being backed by all of these NFTs, as well as this very large community, uh, we've also implemented aspects of DeFi, such as liquidity mining, invented some new mechanisms, such as NFT mining, uh, uh, invented some mechanisms taken out from games, what we call hold to play. And basically what we've done is we've created this very stable uh, but growing social currency. Um, that just continues to grow in the double and triple digits every single month. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating. And maybe just to kind of quantify that, the last stat I saw in terms of uh, whale being the most valuable social currency was um, the highest non-diluted market uh, uh, market cap at over five million US dollar equivalent. Um, is, that, is that the right number? It's probably grown since uh, since then. It's grown quite a bit since then, Jamie. Oh wow! Um, to, <laughs> okay. So today, so, so today, our uh, our non diluted uh, market capital is thirty five million dollars. Wow. Uh, our fully diluted uh, market capital, and Jamie, it's it's grown over the last. Honestly, it's grown over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, all of this growth, I believe, has been in tandem with not only whales striking a chord with the NFT community itself, but uh, I have to be very honest and say that the interest in the NFT sector um, has just skyrocketed over the last month uh, and the last few weeks. Um, so today, basically, we're standing pretty much at a $35 million non-diluted market cap. Uh, we have 10 million tokens, so we're about $87 million. Uh, f- uh, fully diluted today. Yeah, and and it's funny. We, again, this kind of this is why I wanted to get you on the show because there is something that has been happening across the space NFT space, literally in a matter of weeks. You know, I so saw the price of Rari um, going up. The the token that backs Rarables, although I'm not sure the liquidity behind it. So obviously, you know, price movements uh, uh, are easy to to be quite extreme when there's low low liquidity. But nevertheless, um, you look at the charts and and something interesting is happening. But um, also, what you're doing, and I think you refer to the defilization of whale with things like liquidity mining. Um, the thesis that's forming in in my mind uh, as as we speak is really how NFTs and DLT interplay. Why how NFTs can benefit from all of this infrastructure that's been built or the the kind of money Lego of DLT and vice versa, how DLT can benefit from some of the characteristics that you can program in through NFTs, perhaps to um, bring about better behavior rather than kind of just uh, promiscuous yield hunting. So hopefully we're going to get to unpack some of that a little little bit later. so uh, as you said, um, you've been investing in the space for, for, for 12, 13 months. You released uh, a white paper in recently, right? So 6th of June, 2020, that was when the, the white paper, white paper version two was released. Um, and that kind of lays out the, lays out the, the vision uh, and the activities. And as I understand it, um, a big part of, of what you I believe you're doing with the community is is not just accumulating assets, but educating crypto communities on NFTs and NFT communities on things like DeFi. Um, but could, could you explain a little bit about about that process over the last twelve months? Gotcha. So again, uh, going back to my original story, I when I was collecting gods and chain cards, when I was collecting uh, crypto art and um, and digital land, you know, I, I never thought that. I never had an had had the thought that we would actually piece this all together and then after that use it to underpin a social token. Um, it was just due over the course of the collecting uh, of these NFTs. Um, I we saw an opportunity to say, hey, um, these things are actually worth quite a bit of money, right? Um, they're also they also continue to grow in value even <coughs> though the <coughs> NFT space had not really taken off yet. Um, 
my main purpose of taking these NFTs and underpinning it under a social token was saying, hey, how can I benefit the entire space or how can I get more people involved uh, with NFTs? And this seemed to be the this seemed to be the most effective way to go about it. Um, we drafted up the first white paper version in I wouldn't say April April of this year. So April of this year, we launched the first version, and we really had a lot of community input, which is why the second version uh, came out in June. Um, basically, what we're trying to do here is you know by forming this by forming this community that is right now comprised of many creators from different aspects of NFTs. I mean, we have uh, we have people who are artists, we have people who are creating games, we have people who are creating collectibles, uh, we have people who build on digital lands. Uh, by doing this, basically what we can do is we can create synergies between different projects and at the same time form a real center of knowledge uh, around NFTs. Over the last um, over the last one month, I can say that the community has diversified by quite a bit. Uh, we have a lot of OG, you know, uh, OG crypto holders, um, you know, people who have been who have been collecting Bitcoin since 2010, 20, 2009. Uh, we have a lot of people coming in off of the DeFi races, right? Um, everyone is trying to farm that yield, and so basically, what you see is you see a very positive interaction. Uh, between the NFT community, uh, as well as the DeFi, the DeFi side of the blockchain, as well as the original crypto holders. Um, you know, you mentioned it earlier on today, but NFTs really sit at the edge um, of what's coming next for blockchain. And I think by doing this, we can actually ensure that there's a more positive growth in the system, uh, as well as a faster adoption uh, of NFTs by having the center of knowledge. Yeah, and potentially, um, you know, I see th this kind of thesis that's forming in my mind that actually NFTs could be the way that you mainstream DeFi, you know, as, as, as an asset, as a form of collateral. Um, so if we go to the, back to the white paper, there was, again, I, I kind of read it very quickly. Um, but what I could see, there seemed to be like three constituent parts to the mission, the vision. And we'll kind of break down, um, I guess, the constituent parts functionally or operationally of, of, of whale. But from a mission perspective, it, it kind of starts with this, um, maybe protest is too strong a word, but a, a protest against or a comment, a comment on both the global financial system, but also crypto. So, you know, the idea that crypto was supposed to be this antidote or, um, uh, or, or kind of balancing factor to the, the global financial system, but that it it today still has structural problems, um, largely around you know uh, volatility and the idea that whale traders are kind of dominating the system and, and making it unusable. Um, the second one was that uh, whale is this kind of response to that as a social currency, um, and uh, that is 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 looking to be. Um, uh, kind of a return to a true tangible asset-backed currency, similar to the dollar when it was uh, when we had the gold standard. Could you unpack uh, are those the three the three kind of main points, and, and could you unpack them? Is there anything that you would add to to that manifesto almost? So you you are right. Uh, it is very much a protest. Um, having been in the financial sector for a very long time now, um, you know, I, I I wanted to create 
uh, or I, I think that there's space to create a currency um, that really and truly holds a value of stable growth. Um, so just unpacking that those main points in terms of the manifesto that was set forth in the white paper, um, what we're seeing around the around the world is that you know once again, once once currencies deviated from the gold standard, uh, basically basically countries and governments could just print money, right? Uh, they could print money, you know, to answer. Uh, short-term problems without un- fully understanding the true complex um, inflationary results that will happen or that have already started to take place uh, many years down many years down the road. So once again, I think you making sure that we uh, had something to back whale was very important to me because once again, I came into the NFT space relatively early, was able to collect some of the most valuable NFTs from some of the uh, the best artists in the space, the best creators in the space, the best companies in the space. And you know, once again, that assumption is if you have something tangible that is backing whale, uh, that value will only continue to escalate over time. Um, very similar to a Picasso 50 years ago and a Picasso today, you know, once again, there's that stable growth that happens. So that's the first thing, having something tangible that will continue to grow steadily over time that continues to provide a base value for the currency. Um, The second point was, again, going back to money printing, you know, one of the, one of the main things that cryptocurrency got right was that you have a fixed, you have a fixed, you have a fixed, uh, you have a fixed distribution, right? Um, there's no way for me to ever mint more than 10 million whale. Um, so, you know, just having that in place ensures that there is not going to be, while there's not going to be any deflationary measures, there also won't be any inflationary measures in the future. Um, and then after that, the third point, um, mainly being, um, you know, once we're able to to put, to combine these two things together, as well as combine it with, you uh, DeFi-based mechanisms. Basically, what you have is you have an incentive to make sure that people hold uh, and not trade recklessly, uh, like what we've seen with cryptocurrencies and most recently, most recently with DeFi. Whale is not meant to be a pump and get rich scheme. It's meant to grow slowly over time um, with some very strong fundamentals backing behind it. Yeah, and, and what's interesting as well is that not, not only is it so the, the not as an antidote to existing financial system, some of the structural problems in crypto, but also if you look at the arts market as an alternative asset class, um, that of course has its own structural problems. It's incredibly elitist. It's very difficult to participate at the blue chip end um, of the asset. And so here there's the opportunity for fractional ownership, which so it's actually solving lots of different problems um, all in one um, in quite an elegant way. So I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. And so, so let's break down the Whale project into its constituent parts. As I understand it, you have the Whale token. As you said, that's um, backed by tangible rare NFT assets and uh, kind of limited supply. Um, and then you have the Vault, which, as you said, includes these NFTs from Gods Unchained, but also property from crypto voxels, um, sandbox, and, uh, and others. Um, uh, is there any? Are there any other constituent parts, and, and how do those two things work together? So, 
Jamie, you bring up a fantastic question because over the last week, I've been trying to think of what does Will look like five years from now? What does Will look like 10 years from now? Um, I'm very much a price uh, price to book ratio kind of guy, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think you can see it in some of my writing as well as in terms of the way that Will is structured. I always want to ensure that the value proposition of Will is more or less in tandem with the price that it has on the market. Sometimes very hard to do because people do speculate, um, but that's 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 my nature. Um, so basically the constituents that I would bring up are, are several. So the first thing is that the base level value that you have is the vault. So the vault consists of... 3,000 to 4,000 NFTs, and it's increasing every single month uh, as I acquire more NFTs and add them in. Uh, and then basically what you have is you have a base value that continually escalates um, over time due to the rarity, due to the scarcity uh, of those NFTs. Uh, I can tell you that the bulk of the value uh, of the vault is actually is actually crypto art. Um, so it's art simply because I believe that it's not like games. Games have a lifetime. Uh, whereas art will continue to escalate as long as you have chosen the right artist. Um, so the first constituent is the vault. The second constituent that you have is the whale community itself. So uh, we have a Discord with, two, with over 2,000 members. And basically, you know, a lot of the times the value of something is dependent on the consensus of what a industry or what a community defines it to be. Um, so basically what happens is that the community, the Discord, the Will Discord is actually a very important part of that value proposition equation because you have, we have members sending about 250,000 messages a month, interacting, learning more, uh, feeling like they're valued members of the community. Um, so that would be the second constituent of the value of Whale. Uh, the third one we have is called Whale FM. And this is really what I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks is, you know, you have an increase in, uh, you have an increase in attention from various aspects of blockchain towards NFTs. And what we've done is we've developed a educational system as well as an entertainment system. Uh, that we call Whale FM. Uh, it's available on both the Discord as well as on Twitch. And I believe that we're entering into YouTube over the next few days. But basically being able to use the Whale branding uh, in order to educate people about NFTs, educate people about the artists and the creators behind NFTs um, and, 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 and doing events, events and whatnot. So... One of the other things that we do is I believe we have one of the largest uh, weekly poker games uh, in the crypto that, space. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, we, we, we get about, we're getting about 70 to 80 players twice a week. Um, they play for like four hours for a pot of, uh, for a pot of 250 whale uh, that used to be worth, uh, that used to be worth maybe $50 back in the day. And now it's, now it's encroaching over a thousand dollars. Um, so really, you know, just using Whale FM and Whale events to create that engagement. I think that's the third constituent of the value of Whale. The fourth constituent and something that we launched very recently uh, was something called Whale Tank. So understanding that this space is only going to continue to grow. Uh, what I did was I donated 200 ETH and the equivalent amount of Whale into the Uniswap liquidity pool. 
whereby due to the market demand of whale, a lot of that whale will shift towards the ETH balance. And being able to take that amount of money and invest it in pre-seed investments later on. So that's more of a longer term goal. So saying, hey, the value is based on the vault. You have a community that drives the, um, I would say that drives the additional value uh, of whale. Uh, the third thing is being able to have Whale FM to bring in more people into the, into the community as well as keep them in the community. And then the fourth thing is for even higher returns using Whale Tank uh, to drive pre-seed investment and making sure that we're backing the right products. So right now, once again, it's still a five-year roadmap that I'm trying to work out, but that's where our thoughts are right now. So when is this a full-time job? Because you mentioned you've got other business interests. I mean, you, do you think you're going to... Make the jump? I mean, surely you've got to, right? Uh, whatever, you're, whatever else you're doing can't possibly be as interesting as this. Oh, Jamie, um, I, this is my passion. Um, and, and, you know, just talking a tiny bit about myself, um, I actually run about five different businesses today. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not only, um, I'm not only the founder of Whale, um, but in, sorry, in real life, um, I actually do run a artificial intelligence company, uh, that works with some of the world's largest, uh, largest businesses. Um, I run a venture capital firm and a, a venture capital firm, a mutual fund, uh, as well as some other stealth startups that are coming out in the luxury apparel industry. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but you know, once again, I think the success of projects is always mainly due to the quality of the teams that you build around each project. So, you know, my ability to focus so much time on whale in this startup process is due to the fact that I have brilliant people running the other sides of the businesses that I own today. Um, and I can tell you that I'm equally impressed with the team that's building around whale. Uh, we have about 10 team members already uh, who are fully paid in whale. Um, and once again, they started off from the start of the product project. Um, they believed in the project. And I think back then I, their salaries were about $200, um, based on the whale conversion back then. And right now it's, it's, it's running at $5,000, $6,000 a month. Right. Um, so I honestly, while I would love to move eventually full-time into whale, Something that would make me even happier, especially with the fact that we've just introduced a DAO mechanism in order to make decisions for the community, uh, would be for me to eventually step back, uh, have the team run this project to success and have the community drive that success uh, through the DAO mechanism that we've implemented. Interesting. Well, you know, I've heard other founders talk about that. And um, some of them have actually done it. They've actually stepped away. And, and, and uh, some of them have, um, uh, are still around. And often not because they want to be, but because the community's um, kind of lost that, that, that sense of leadership. But at the same time, of course, you, know, you speak to most projects in this space uh, and they speak about evolving governance to the community. So, of course, that's perfectly in line with that. One quick question before we go into principles, because you talk about community and clearly the way that you hold print, um, community together it is not code, right? It's code helps, but it's actually a set of principles. Um, and you've been very clear in your articulation of them. But you talk about you have other business partners. Do they know that you are um, whale shark? 
they don't know that I'm whale shark, but because they don't work, they don't, um, they're not in the blockchain, they're not in the blockchain community. So they, they do know what I'm doing. Um, but I, you know, for lack of a better sentence, they, they don't have an interest in this, uh, in this field of development, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I don't keep any secrets from my, from my other business partners. Um, they're very, they're, they're very astonished. I can tell you, uh, with with the with the growth of whale, um, they have told me why didn't why didn't you why didn't you force me to invest in the beginning? Um, <laughs> yes, right. Um, but no, they 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 they're fully aware uh, they're fully aware of my involvement in these projects. So yeah, let's go let's go to principles. So uh, again, you know, I did this in a fairly rushed way, but the principles that I saw were retain capital in appreciating assets, strong hands, sale of NA, NFT assets only at the right prices, NFT rental income from blockchain-based properties, creation of sales, generating NFT-related projects, events, publications. Uh, this is what you were talking about earlier with FM. Um, donations and partnerships, um, and then uh, direct NFT donations from Wellshark. I mean, again, I'm not sure they're quite principles-based, but they're certainly outlining activities. Is there, is there some kind of meta-principles that sit, sit above those? So I think... A lot. I think Whale attracted a, a community and a lot of the community members that shared the same values as I did, uh, right? So I, I can just go through several of those principles that, that, that I adhere to. Um, I think the first one is um, the first one is you know it's 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 about investing rather than trading. Um, there is a huge market and wonderful opportunities for traders who uh, who buy and sell. But honestly, from uh, from my own experience, um, I've made the largest amount of profit and the largest amount of money um, by truly investing and truly going deep into the space. Um, so while you have seen all of those NFTs in the vault, Jamie, I'm also very proud to say that we've never sold a single, we haven't sold a single one of them. Oh, today, literally today. No, we've never sold a single, uh, we've never sold a single NFT till today, ever, ever. Um, uh, strong hands, right? <laughs> um, but, that, but going back to that, I mean, it's because we do a lot of due diligence before we invest in any single project. Uh, once we buy into a project, we go in deep, we go in for the long run. Uh, we're not passive, right? So a lot of investors are only just, you know, they're, they're looking for that. Um, they're looking for that, that epic team, but, you know, they, they tend to be on the passive side. Um, for example, what we did with crypto voxels, you know, once again, I, we have the highest holding of crypto voxels in the community. Um, you know, we understood that in order for crypto voxels to succeed, uh, they needed to have content. Uh, it's very much like social networking, right? Uh, social networks, the more content you have, the more chance that that project has to succeed. So we took every single one of those 200 parcels and we rented them out for free uh, to the crypto art community so that they could build. And it was a win-win-win, right? Crypto voxels win because they get content. Artists win because they have a, they have they get their own gallery, and we win because because artists and crypto voxels have won. The our crypto art holdings as well as our crypto voxel land prices will continue to escalate. Um, so just those principles first. I mean, the first one is number one: we invest for the long we invest for the long term. We don't trade. Number two: we're extremely supportive of the projects that we invest in. Um, and then number three, we're also extremely financially disciplined. Um, when you look at the structure of whale itself, 
uh, we have no debt, no liability, no nothing. And, you know, on, on, from an expense side, um, you know, all of the salaries and all of the payments and partnerships, they're all uh, paid out in whale, right? They're part of the 50, monthly 50,000 whale distribution. Um, so essentially what you have is you have a, uh, you know, you have a machine that's running on a virtuous cycle at this point in time. Um, and I think the last principle that, you know, that we adhere to is, you know, we, we want positive growth, positive growth built on mutual respect. And, you know, what you can see is that a very large part of the whale that we distribute every single month actually goes to projects within the NFT space um, that were pioneers, whether that was pioneers in uh, events, pioneers in podcasting, um, you know, and, and they've done some great things with that, like buy new equipment. Um, you know, they were able to hire people to do websites. Um, and, you know, that just pushes the entire space forward. So if there was one guiding principle among everything that we do, it's really to be a force for good for the NFT space. Got you. And so um, when you describe, you can see the description of whale being a social currency coming to life there in, in terms of both how people can presumably earn whale um, by carrying out community-based activities. Um, um, so can you just buy whale on, on the open market or can you only earn it as a bit of distribution? So I've committed to never selling whale. Um, you know, that was part of one of the major changes between white paper one and white paper two. Um, once again, I think the regulations behind social tokens and, you know, how, how that constitutes from a regulatory perspective were, uh, once again, it's always a gray area and a scale of risk. I didn't want to provide the community with any risk whatsoever. Um, so basically I said, hey, I'm never going to market, I'm, I'm never going to market make whale. The only way that people are ever going to be able to get whale is through participating in the community. Um, and, you know, all people can buy whale today, but they, and they can buy it on Uniswap, but none of that whale is from team whale itself. It's all from the members and the community members of whale. Um, and it's, it's worked out. It's worked out pretty great. Uh, a lot of the people who started in the beginning, um, I, I believe that this was the first time that they experienced, you know, thousand percent, two thousand percent gains. <laughs> um, so I'm extremely happy for them. Um, but this is something that can happen when the motivations of a project are not purely monetarily based. And I guess I'm lucky enough to be in the situation uh, where I can, you know, continue to donate, continue to push a project. Uh, without profit being the primary driving factor. Yeah, it's interesting that this kind of secondary market will organically form. So presumably liquidity is going to be thin for a while. Um, but you know that that's in line with your ambition for the project. You don't necessarily want to kind of create this artificial speculation around it. Um, so again, I've kind of tried to get perspectives on you and it's 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 difficult when I'm not necessarily in inside all the right Discord channels. To be blunt, um, uh, so I'm kind of looking looking from the outside. From what I could see, it looked like there was there was you alluded to it earlier. I, I can't remember whether we were on air or not, but that you feel that there's even more craziness in in crypto art and NFTs than there is in uh um if i can use the word normal crypto um presumably toxicity comes with that i saw a recent posts that you did 
kind of really outlining the behaviors that you haven't carried out that you know are like malpractice effectively that that are in the market such as um wash trading and um people artificially uh, uh create uh, inflating the price of an asset and doing kickbacks to to artists um could you explain that toxicity the kind of malpractice the extent of the malpractice in the market uh, and i guess um you know how how you manage that because i can see that you know you, you, i think you responded to it really well but it must be hard to not take it personally when when you are being such a benevolent actor so to start this off i mean i'm personally you know in the other fields that i operate in i am extremely open with my identity right um standing up on stage speaking to 3000 people it's very it's very hard to hide behind a, a, a an avatar like i do uh in the nft space um once again the main the main driving behind the requirement for my on an 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 anonymity um, in the space is is mainly due to um, some of that craziness that that one can expect in in NFTs. Um, I strongly believe that you know anonymity is you know it's an empowering factor. So people who have good intentions, it's going to make people better, and people with bad intentions, you know, um, they become worse. And and you know, not many people will adhere to the principles that. You know, I, I wouldn't say anything online that I wouldn't really say in real life. Um, it's it's been extremely difficult because as the project has received, or you know, as the project has received um, uh, more fame within the space, and you know, as as I began to collect a lot of uh, different NFTs within the space, there's no doubt going to be people that has that are that are asking, hey, why am I left behind? Um, hey, why isn't he buying this? Why isn't he buying that? Um, which really resulted in a huge amount of toxicity probably about a few months ago. Um, but as a founder, um, I think it's very, it's so much more easier um, to just buckle down, focus on what's important, block out the noise and just move forward with the positive aspects uh, of what's going on. So Jamie, that was really the way that I dealt with a lot of the toxicity. Uh, that happened within the space a few months ago. Now, in terms of the industry as a whole, I want—I'll tell you. I mean, I think 99% of the industry is gold. Um, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of that uh, kickback and wash trading behavior. It tends to be very centralized in a couple of platforms. Um, but what these people who do initiate these sort of behaviors don't understand is that the blockchain is internal, right? One of the right. reasons why we love the blockchain is because it's immutable. Um, I might have, you know, th there are several instances where I'll, I'll take a look at it. And, you know, once again, I'll just, I'll just uh, use Etherscan and I'll follow back all of the, uh, all of the transactions. Um, and, you know, while I might not say anything about it today, it's there forever. So if they did do it, someone sooner or later is just going to go there and, 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 and might or might not publicize it. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's very important that while anonymity does empower, uh, does empower you, it, it's also very important that you're very responsible about the things that you do because anything, any financial transaction that you make on the blockchain um, is there for everyone to see for eternity. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you think it's, um, the overdominance as a whale um, of of the project um, is it that 
people feel, you said they're left behind, that the asset class could become inaccessible? Um, or is it just bad feeling because people are left out of the curation or, or a mixture of all those things? I think whenever whenever a lot of money is involved, Jamie, um, you know, it, it it's going to bring up uh, euphoria, it's going to bring up jealousy, it's going to bring up a lot of different positive and negative emotions. Um, you know, I can only speak to my own experience. Um, but, you know, I, a lot, you know, it's, it's, I have a singular focus to collect the best NFTs from the best artists in the space. Um, and, you know, hopefully, and hopefully, and, and usually this, and this is what I need to adhere to is that they're also, they're also wonderful people, right? Um, I guess what you'll find uh, with the NFT space is because you're attracting such a wide variety of creators and creatives, you know, not all the time are people always going to have the same viewpoints on values um, or the same viewpoints on, on ethics, right? Um, I think that's something that I've come to understand uh, having entered the space. So, you know, with the money also comes uh, those very extreme negative or positive reactions. Yeah. And so how do you how do you ensure that you don't over dominate the industry if, if you're could you could you become too successful? And do you have any principles around accessibility? So I know you mentioned earlier you have some virtual spaces. Is there some kind of commitment to making sure that this art is available um, from a a viewing perspective? I think from a dominance perspective, a lot of people believed in the early days that, you know, um, you know, people, collectors like myself or collectors like moderates, um, we would eventually end up dominating the crypto art space. Um, I guess it was simply because of the amount that we were spending. Um, but really, if you took, if you took a helicopter view and looked and looked at it from a macro level, uh, when they analyzed it, you know, I, we were only investing, I think, up to, uh, you know, at most five to 10% of the total space. And that was when there were no other large collectors. Today, you know, I would say that the value of the value of what we invest uh, within the space is, is definitely less than 1%. Um, so I, I think it was just the prominence and the, and the sudden nice. entry. Right. of that money that really caused people to say, oh, you know, whales are going to dominate the, the the space and, you know, whales are going to dictate um, the taste of the industry. Uh, when honestly, when honestly, you know, uh, I've, I've never felt more than like a drop in the ocean. Um, so, you know, I, 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 and, you know, I, I don't, I think the space is large enough for multiple, multiple players to succeed. Um, can Whale become too successful? You know, I, for the community's sake, I really do hope so. Um, but, you know, I, I always think that there's going to be new players. There's going to be people who bring a lot more positivity to the space that's going to drive, that's going to be able to drive this. Got you. Um, so, so let's get into this, uh, as you call it, defilization. That's quite hard to say. Um, of whale and then also the role that you think nfts can play in DeFi to go kind of almost DeFi 2.0 to go beyond what DeFi is today with this kind of crazy um food farming and, and yield farming um what's your what's your big vision there okay so i think the biggest joy of finding uh, of founding whale and actually doing this social token was that it allowed me to use 
a lot of skill sets that I that I developed over um, over over the last twenty years, right? Um, you know, one of the main thing, main points about whale was that we were looking for stability, and you 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 highlighted it just now, liquidity, right? Um, a lot of people who start social tokens, uh, you know, they might not have the same uh, understanding of the economics behind social tokens. Um, but starting off whale, we immediately knew that, you know, the liquidity in Uniswap was extremely important for achieving that goal of uh, price stability. If, even if you take a look at the chart of whale right now, you'll see that the growth is relatively stable without a lot of dips and jumps. Um, it's grown very quickly. Um, but the path to growth has been extremely stable. And one of the reasons why is because uh, learning from Alex, uh, who's actually a social token, also a social token in the space, um, but mainly sways towards DeFi, was that you know by using liquidity mining, we would be able to grow that liquidity base so that sells and buys wouldn't influence the price that much. Uh, when we first started out, I think when we first started out liquidity mining, uh, I want to say about... Uh, one and a half months ago, our total Uniswap liquidity pool was roughly about 30,000, 40,000 US dollars. And today we are edging at 850,000, uh, probably projected to cross a million uh, towards the end of this month. And what's that, what, what that has done, it's, it's really removed the volatility from the price of whale so that so that traders cannot come in um, and 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 pump and dump the market uh, in order to get short-term profits so that was the the defilization uh, of whale in addition to that what we also did to encourage hold is we developed what we call hold to play roles so basically what community members can do is they can stake 500 whale in order to become what we call a, a whale whale um, or they can stake 11 whale uh, to become what we call a dolphin. And what these two different roles do is it gives them access uh, to different community events as well as different whale drops. Um, once again, the more whale that is staked, the more whale that is tied up, um, the less whale there is going to be traded on the liquidity market, uh, resulting in price jumps and dips. Uh, in terms of NFT mining, this is something that I was really excited about. Uh, once we launched liquidity mining, we thought about, hey, how can we take liquidity mining and adapt it to the NFT side? Basically, what we have right now is we have a two-part NFT mining mechanism. The first thing is that we established a 2,000 whale reward pot for selected artists um, who would launch pieces, NFT masterpieces, only for sale for whale. And basically at the end of each month, uh, we would take a look at these 10 artists and we would distribute that 2000 whale reward part to them uh, based on their percentage of sales. So that's the first part. Um, but you know, once again, this sort of NFT mining only rewards the artists, but doesn't reward the liquidity miners. So what we decided to do is we took it one step forward and we said, hey, so let's say an artist creates an addition of 10 art pieces. What happens if we, if we bought one using our whale reserves and after that dropped it through lucky draw to the top 100, to one of the top 100 liquidity miners of whale. Then after that, what you see, if we've, we've, we've completed the circle. So we've completed the cycle by saying, hey, uh, creators are now, are now able to earn whale just by creating NFTs and liquidity miners are now not only able to earn whale, uh, you know, uh, they're not only be able to mine a social token, but they're also able to mine NFTs as well. 
Wow, that's great. Look, I mean, it's been um, fantastic talking to you. What I normally do is at the end, I try to fit in a couple of questions from Twitter. Um, you've actually answered a few. So at uh, Chafferman uh, asked about the difference between dolphin and whales, which you already covered off. Um, Jamie Anson asked about uh, you, has your attitude of being a meme versus a person changed? I think you kind of covered that off. Um, there were some shameless plugs by um, uh, Voxel Architects, I think, asking about your new build in Crypto Voxels. Was that them? Did they build that? Uh, yes, they did, actually. They're, uh, they're, yeah, there you go. They're, did, did you take a look at that yet? I, I, had, I didn't get to look at it, no. I only got your screen grabs, right? I, I think there was some screen grabs that you shared, the, China, the, the Chinese one. The Chinese one. It's uh, the Whale Pagoda. So that was actually built for the uh, Whale China community that's coming. And they're, they're, China is also just waking up to NFTs as well. Um, so we're going to actually be using that as a meeting place um, for the Whale China community moving forward. Wow. And then um, we had a question from Inez Meno. Um, what's your top three um, forms of advice to an aspiring crypto artist to kind of break through in the space? So... It would be number one, you need to make sure that your art is visible on, 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 one, of the, on one of the platforms, you know, once again, whether that's super rare, maker's place, known origin, uh, rareable or open sea. So once again, be, 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 be brave about posting your art. Number two, you know, be brave about promoting your art. Um, you know, one of the things, the, one of the worst things that an artist can do is, uh, is not have a social presence and be able to tell the audience more about what their art is about. And I think the third thing is, tell us how you created it. I, I think many a times collectors, we not only appreciate the end result, but we also appreciate the process. Yeah. And then final question, uh, duh, 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 where was it? Um, from, from Jimmy Eath. Um, why do you love Avastars NFT so much? <laughs> I think Avastars is one of the most highly underrated projects in, NF in the NFT space today. Uh, basically, what, NF uh, what Avastars have done, and actually, um, Jamie, the, the, the profile picture that you actually see over there um, on my profile pic is actually an Avastar. Um, yeah. Basically, it is a random generated fully on-chain uh, avatar. Uh, that is developed by Avastars. You know, you can you can scroll through you can scroll through it, and it'll automatically piece these different elements of the face together. Um, and when it's done, and once you mint it, you know, all of that copyright and all of that commercial usage belongs to you. Um, you know, moving forward, uh, the metaverse is going to be something very important within the NFT space. Um, there has to be some sort of fully on-chain. Um, way to be able to have your own your own avatar as you walk through the, as you walk through the metaverse and i think avastars is very far ahead on the thinking uh in terms of being able to develop, develop something like this so you know that's why i love it so much i actually own 20 i want to say 25 of the 100 founder avastars that they launched and you know i, I know that they have a lot of great things planned moving forward Oh, that's a shame. So there's no clues in, in that avatar. It's a, it's totally random. So we, we can't unpick your identity with that. That's a shame. <laughs> Take off the, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, I definitely do not wear a top hat. I definitely do not wear steampunk glasses. And I definitely do not have a beard. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Well, look, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show with 
uh, short notice um, and really excited to see what happens with the project. I'm, I'm more than sure that you're going to be fielding a lot of journalist calls in mainstream media soon. Because, And I, I think this is going to drive some really positive interest, both in terms of crypto generally, but then, of course, uh, NFTs and DeFi. So thanks for everything you do. Thank you so much, Jamie. I had, I had a blast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.